Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. So what I want to talk to you about is is the philosophy of making relationships simple. Um, And so to give you a bit of background, uh, I, like, how did I come to this? I never set out to be a relationship coach. It wasn't like I had this experience and I, I learned something and then figured it out. I basically, I, I was um, a happiness coach. When I did psychology, um, uh, Martin Seligman was just sort of coming out with positive psychology and it was just being born. And while everyone else was doing criminals and alcoholics and mental health, I thought you have to know like what you're aiming for is someone who, who who said a quote of like basically what we're doing in psychiatry is fixing people to be moderately unhappy and so i thought that you've got to have something to aspire to so i i was i came out of college did wrote a book uh well built a website did some coaching wrote a book on happiness and the number one question everyone wanted to talk about was relationships it was either they been in a breakup they were thinking of leaving their relationship they weren't happy in their relationship so it was just relationship problem after relationship problem and basically what i do is is solve human problems so um and most people the average person will have like five or six relationships or this is what the research says i think now it's probably a little bit more um but when you have five or six relationships and you're deeply in that, um, like the emotional experience of that, it seems like this relationship, that relationship, it seems like it's very different. Um, what causes, what causes the problems, but when you're, it's like the Einstein quote, when you're, um, you have to, you can't solve a problem at the level it was caused. And so there's a level of content, the form of what you experience. Then there's the concept of what it actually is, like what you're actually dealing with. And then there's the context. And because I was kind of dispassionate and I was seeing hundreds and hundreds of people's different situations, I was seeing that the dynamics were all the same because the concepts were the same, the context was the same. And so really it was about, um, and eventually I just gave up about three or four years ago and said, okay, I'm going to focus on relationships and I'm going to build a system to, um, I didn't think making it simpler, but to solve the common problems. Cause there's about nine common problems in relationships. And although it can seem very different in different, um, people's experience, it's different because every, every relationship is unique. So because each person is unique, even the same person having a different relationship with someone else, it's a different relationship, but that's at the level of the content. But when you go to the level of the concept and the, on the context, it's the dynamics are universal. What I kept seeing was the same, the same problem. And, and I didn't quite figure it out. And so this is why I initially set up the meetup groups to work with people and listen to real life problems. And then, sort of fit in my ideas and work it into a like a step-by-step system um what i want to 
I want to go into breakout rooms because I want you to discuss um, what does, um, what stops us from, from our relationships being simple. So what is it that stops our relationships from being as simple as they could be? So now everyone's back. Um, what did you come up with? Um, so if, if anyone wants to talk, if you unmute themselves or just raise a hand. So when you said what did we come up with, do you mean what problems we've sort of encountered, is that? Yeah, what, what do you think makes, um, stops us from, yeah, for our relationship from being simple? We say, so we've got communication. Yeah, I think one of the things we sort of brought up was lack of communication or um, something that I've experienced recently is um, a difference in um, like conflict management type skills coming at it from different yeah. ends and yeah, thinking you're doing a, you know, you're going in doing a really good job and just not understanding each other at all. So that's been quite tricky. And um, I suppose because I'm not living with my partner, we live separately. So mm. sometimes trying to do like manage a conflict over the phone or you know by message things are oh, nightmare. Absolutely, yeah. Nightmare. yeah. So <laughs> that's been my experience. Being hurt and fear, hurt fear conflicting desires sasha did you want to elaborate assumptions yep um not really just conflicting desires in terms of wanting different things um, and i guess that you know not being able to communicate through that would be the second level of that problem but yeah i guess having different wants and needs okay um yeah not being able to express the needs so so again communication um and so if they're not met it's kind of like the understanding isn't it of the the, the other person understanding which which is all sort of under the umbrella of communication so what so community it's really about communication and why we don't communicate isn't because we don't have the words because we we can communicate perfectly well um but it's about the willingness to be vulnerable and and you know as as people have said it's the fear um Sue Johnson um, says that basically in relationships we have we're all asking three three main questions: Can I trust you? Will you be there for me? Um, am I special to you? And so she talks about um, in in terms of attachment theory. So um, attachment theory is like a, a baby's initial experience of the world is how sensitive its, its mum or its caregiver is to it. And because it's helpless, it, it can only like, cry um, and hope that the, per that the person looking after it is receptive. And if they are, they learn to trust the world. And if they aren't, then they learn that the, the world, like is un you, you can't trust the world, you can't rely on the world. And so what Sue Johnson says is that um, that experience as a, as a as a baby 
is is where you learn your orientation of the world and then your primary your primary relationship like a romantic relationship is then where that become takes on from um from your parents that kind of initial relationship so my way of looking at this is i think when you're a baby for most babies they're like you know um they're hoped for they come into the world and for most parents it's like this child is just this wonder that's that they've produced and everything they do for for the first few months like every little wave every smile is like oh look it's smiling now that's and it's like this baby is so special and the the baby that's the baby's for most babies that's their initial experience of the world and i think everything after that is trying to recapture that because when they get to two when they get to three the parents are like are tired and stressed they've seen everything so the baby they're not going to the baby like they just stop doing that stop doing that stop pestering me and so i think like the, the experience of being a baby is like the peak because you get that attention you get that validation you get told that you're special and i think what most people are looking for in their relationships is to recapture that sense of being special that sense of someone um being there for you someone that you're like soulmates in this kind of bubble um so really it's about and everything from being a baby is is like you should do this you go to school and you're told like you need to do this and the world is trying to make you conform because the world wants you to fit into a box and yet all of us we're unique and we all want we're like i don't, I don't want to do that i don't want to be at school i want to do this i want to do that and so i think there's two areas where where we have most fears and it's in the relationships and it's also in if you look at artists and people in in work they have so so much fear about rejection of of you know when it's very personal people in um like even in social situations that there's a kind of like will they like me and there's that deep 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 fear and so it's really a about most of us haven't come to accept ourselves and we ha- if we haven't really come to accept ourselves meaning accept the dark side accept all of ourselves that we're um if we haven't like if we're not accepting ourselves we feel that vulnerability that we feel that we're not going to be good enough because that, that's what the world kind of tells us that we're not good enough that when we go to school there's always going to be someone brighter than us someone faster than us someone cooler than us someone prettier than us and so we we feel that um that kind of like not being enough um okay so so attachment so in terms of attachment style speak your attachment style is going to determine the way that you approach romantic relationships um so, and so what that means is 50 60% are secure so that they're fairly secure and have less anxiety um i think it's like 20 or 30% are have anxious attachments so what that means is they're going to be um 
more um, anxious, more needy maybe in a relationship. They're going to need more reassurance. So, okay, I'm going to get back to the, to the chat. Let me see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 so that's really about, you know, like when you have people who two different people and, and people think compatibility is, is like a big issue. That's the, one of the main reasons people split up and yet it isn't really compatibility because the, the very things that people were um, stories being different, they stories being adorable and endearing um, when they were getting on. But when they don't have that bond, when things have come between them and, and they're not feeling that they're, um, they're not feeling like that same way, they, they, the same differences are the things that annoy them the most. And so it's not really about compatibility, but it's about losing the connection. It's about losing the bond. Um, so more malleable when we're young. A lot of men. It's a biological thing. Um, it's like, um, I'm just responding to Jackie. I don't know if you want to unmute yourself, Jackie. But um, basically, there is, um, there is, they've done some research, okay, and, and on, on dating, um, most women, uh, when they're 20, they'll look for a partner, their ideal man will be about 30. When they're 30, their ideal man will be maybe 28 to 32. When they're 40, their ideal, their ideal man will be maybe 35 to 45. Um, and so it changes depending on where they are. Men, um, when they're 20, their ideal age of a woman is 22. When they're 30, the ideal age of a woman is 22. When they're 40, it's 22. So it's, it's part of it is biological and part of it is, um, is a little bit deeper, but, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying um, to, to stick to, um, to cover everything in the two hours that we've got. Yeah. It, and it, um, like Chris says, it, it's, it's, it's about understanding imperfections and it's the challenge is, is that you have to negotiate where those lines are and you have to negotiate the kind of relationship um, that you that you'll have. Um, okay. So, so related, the reason why relationships, my whole premise is that relationships aren't simple because we don't, first of all, there's three things that we need. We need a secure emotional base so that we can be ourselves and relate without feeling like we need to please someone without feeling like we need to conform to someone and that we can say, this is what I want. The, then it's about the relationship. I think that relationships, there's this mystery that nobody really knows how relationships work. And I've got my theories that we're, we're going we're to talk about, um, but it's, it's not really being clear on the framework of how relationships work. And then it's about, um, and then if we have that, we have integrity, then, then and we have the right climate that we can have that relationship that we feel safe. So um, what we're going to, we're going to go into breakout rooms again, but for 10 minutes to, and what I want you to talk about is what are the messages that we get from stories that we get from media, that we get from schools and communities, your 
um, family. What have you been told? Like when you grow up, what, what have been the stories? What have you learned about how relationships work? So when I, I'm, I'm going to set everyone into breakout rooms now. Does anyone want to talk about what they came up with? Chantel. Yes. I will say now I had quite mixed messages growing up. Um, so I had the, um, you know, the, the media or, or I guess the, um, films and media and, you know, tell me about the, the perfect relationship. Find the one, find the one that will save you, you know, live happily ever after. That was kind of one hand. On the other hand, it, you know, within my family, it was quite, I was seeing struggle relationships where people were kind of together because they had children or they were together because they didn't want to get divorced. And you can see this struggle within the relationships. Um, but then growing up, I got married very early and I think I was looking for that one person to, to live happily ever after me, but it ended up being a struggle relationship as well. So I, I think it just went into my adult, those two different um, directions kind of went into my adult life. Um, but I was actually saying to just got on bend that now I've kind of got to the place where I'm looking, I'm kind of worked on working on myself, got my getting myself to a certain um, place and working in, on my on my career, my purpose, and kind of want to find somebody who's doing that for themselves as well, kind of bringing them together. So that's mm. wanting to learn more about relationships that I eventually can can attract or find that type of person. <laughs> okay. Um, just just as a, a quick poll from everyone we can see here um who who well who else got that same kind of message that same kind of message of like happy ever after and how many relationships have you seen that actually lived out like that there's genuinely only one relationship that i tend to sort of look at and I'm really in awe of um, and it's a well, there are a couple obviously but friends of mine and they they've sort of traveled all over together and what I've noticed about their relationship is at different times they've really had each other's back so when one of them wanted to go to one country to kind of study something to make a career out of it the other one supported them wholeheartedly in that and then you know, a year or so later, the other one wanted to go and study in a different country to do something. And so they kind of, it's not so much about traveling around, but it was more about, um, they really did work as a team when one was vulnerable, the other one kind of stepped in and they've done a lot of work on, when I say tantra, I don't mean like mm, sex, yeah, I, I just mean the sort of like conscious connection type mm. work and um, dealing with like your past drama and um baggage and shadow work and all of that kind of thing and they really committed to do a lot of things like that so I think they both tried lots of different I don't know they're both quite philosophical and things I suppose so they're very into their therapy um holistics yoga meditation you name it they've tried it so mm -hmm. I think they're both very much on the same page they've both got their separate interests and they really wholeheartedly do support each other in their own interests and they kind of merge somewhere in the middle and to, you know, don't get me wrong, I've heard them bicker and things, you know, but they're, they're very committed to sitting and work, working through things. 
And if they've got a problem, they seek for a solution together and they're equally as committed to kind of working through it. Whereas my experience has often been, I'd be willing to kind of do that work, but often the guy is like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to read a book or I don't want to do therapy or there's nothing wrong. And so I get frustrated then I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of see this relationship and I know what they're doing that makes it so good. Mm. But um, trying to find that I find quite difficult. Yeah. Yeah. (coughs) Tantra is a really interesting model because like you say, all we hear is kind of tantric sex. But I had a friend who <clears throat> had a friend who, who was a, a teacher of, of Tantra. And basically what she'd done is, is her and her husband, she was in her 80s and her husband had passed on. But her and her husband had developed this deep relationship. And the idea of Tantra is that you um, develop such a close relationship, with you, such a love for one person that you kind of hold them as whatever they do, your orientation is that you're going to love them. And obviously it has to be a relationship where it's mutual, not someone where you just taking advantage. And so they do that. And then the goal of Tantra is that you have this love for everyone. Um, but like you learn the relationship from one love and then you learn love and, and develop it. So yeah, it's really interesting. Um, anyone got anything different? from in terms of messages or has anyone else got a relationship that they see that really works like has anyone seen this kind of fairy tale relationship that we're told actually work out okay so (laughs) that kind of goes in in well uh, um, so the next the next part that i want to talk about is um that i think we um we have right so i want to just go back in, into the to the chat and, and where okay so really i think where what we learn okay so the childhood is really important someone said it's it's like um, attachment how does that shape your adult life and, and what does what happens um, in childhood shape you but most of the time we don't consciously think you know because it would be overwhelming to, to concentrate on everything so we concentrate on this the principle called cognitive economy so we basically focus on whatever's most important but most things we do on autopilot and so in our relationships, we can read books and we can say, yes, oh, we should do this. We should communicate like this. But how many people actually do that? And it's because in a relationship, we operate. And we operate based on what's laid down in our relationship operating system. And so 70% of all the thought paths, all the neural networks that we have are laid down before the age of seven. So unless you've consciously like um like amber you were saying with your friends uh or the couple that were were tantra and and did a lot of work on it unless you've actually done enough work to overwrite that that basic thought pathway you're just going to react in the way whatever way um you have laid down and so 
when you look at what most of us learn by the age of seven, it's the common cultural bond is we learn from fairy tales. And so there's four lessons of the fairy tales that there's only one out, there's one out there for everyone. That um, if the princess is beautiful enough and the prince is gallant enough, that they'll fall in love. If, if it is the one and love is true, then they'll live happily ever after. And the path to love, therefore, is to find the one and be beautiful and gallant enough. So, and so I, when you look at the media, everything is sold to us. You know, look at beauty. It's sold in an unrealistic way, you know, where everyone's touched up. Um, and what it's basically saying is this face cream will make your husband love you. This um, car will mean that you, you get the women, you, you know, women will love you. And, and so it works economically. Um, and I look at relations. So we're, we're in a high tech world. Okay. And, I, and one of the ways I think that you can really see how we've progressed as a society in high tech is if you look at the coronavirus, within days, weeks, we were able to identify what it was, how, how it was transmitted and how it was like start setting teams at creating a vaccine or, or how to manage it. In the 1300s, when, when we had, uh, what was it, whatever, whenever we had the bubonic plague, that lasted for four years. The government um, didn't really have any way of managing it. They didn't really know what caused it. The, there wasn't really any effective medical knowledge to deal with it. They didn't really know how it was spread. And so people turned to religion and it became flagellation and um, I think it was, it, it was a, a curse of the Jews or, or something like that. And it was, it was flagellation. And that, these were the ways or a curse from God. The, so these were the ways that we were treating the equivalent of the coronavirus 700 years ago. And when you look at Chaucer was writing in the 13th century, he was writing about relationship issues. Shakespeare was writing in the 16th century. There's still the same issues that we have today. We, so I think we deal with relationships in a high-tech world with a medieval level of knowledge. I think there's just this mystery of, because relationships have always been something personal. So there is the two powers historically have been the government and the church, and they've always been about family values, stay together. And a, fa a family was an economic unit until probably about the 1920s because our survival, we didn't, it was only in the 1920s that we started to have a safety net of a welfare state. It was only 1870 that women were entitled to their own money. So women didn't have any rights. We needed for economic survival to be a unit. And so, you know, it was like the Victorian thing was um, for romance, you have a mistress. Nobody expected, you know, we were happy with survival. And suddenly you get to like the 1950s where women in, and, and the 60s where women increasingly have independence and moving towards equal rights and that's when you notice that 
the divorce rate has rocketed up and it's mostly predominantly um, initiated by women because we have relationships that are economic units when we want emotional um, satisfaction and so our framework doesn't work for the relationships that we want to have and so really what happens when you look at like one of my favorite quotes about relationships is Dan Wall and he says when you marry someone you marry a set of problems so if you didn't marry this person you wouldn't have these problems but you'd have a different set of problems and so John Gottman talks about 67% of, of the relation of the problems that couples have are unresolvable and these are differences in money like what do people are out about money sex um, social life career um, how you raise children these are differences in values so someone who wants to save money because they feel insecure if they don't have a certain amount of money in the bank and their partner wants to they see that you give love from from spending money on people and so they've got this fundamental friction that's always going to come between them so um someone said about two people want two different things and it is because you've got two individuals who have two visions of how they see the relationship of how they see their future how they see their life so i think in a relationship what we're really we're in the fairy tale framework we're missing a step that every prince and princess so they met but then they they had an ordeal they had to lift the witch's curse or slay the dragon and then they got their happily ever after and what we do is we think all right if we met this one and we feel this certain way then oh, it must be love and that and, and so at almost every wedding you get some older more experienced person and they, and they say to the bride, well you need to work together and you need to do that and, and and the couple will go yeah yeah i know i know but we're different because we love each other and and then 10 years later they're in a divorce court and they can't even look at each other or can't even talk civilly so I think our relationship framework takes two people who love each other and it pits them against them because they have this unrealistic expectation, which goes back to the attachment theory because we're insecure and we're looking you know, like, am I special? Do I matter to someone? And then we have this experience where someone isn't treating us in the way that we think Prince Charming or the princess should treat us. And so we feel like either they're not the one or I'm not lovable. And so what happens is people come out of relationships and they feel rejected and they feel there's something wrong with me. Why, why don't people love me? Or they say, well, if they're acting like that, well, then they're not the one. And then they feel that you have to go off and find the one and they go and they use the exact same dynamics and they end up recreating the similar kind of pattern. Might not be exactly the same details, but the, the friction comes between them so the key thing in a relationship is, is the connection the bond between the two people and if you have that it doesn't matter if you're incompatible like it doesn't it's not about being compatible or incompatible it's about can you live with the differences
and so um so so the whole um framework first of all sets people up for friction it sets people up for expectations not to have friction it doesn't give them any pathway um to have to resolve that that problem um and so people get kind of stuck and jed diamond jed diamond talks about the five stages of a relationship and the first one is um it's like the honeymoon it's like getting together and then it goes right in a dip and he says that that's where most couples break and yet um that he says like they, once you get past that you get to four and five that's the real companionable the real like 80 year olds who are um like you you know this sweet couple um i think i mean marriage is i think the contract um so is that scott is that SJ? um i think the the concept of marriage is um in terms of like the vows um is unrealistic because that's not what what it is but i think all of us want that bond um we want that special person um prince and princesses i don't know if, if jackie or scott wants to wants to talk um, hi, hi rob hi Can scott you hear me? yeah <laughs> yeah i think that sort of from what you were saying i think com conflict i mean for me that sort of like getting married then living together then spending all of your time together and putting all of your hopes and wishes in this one person that's where i feel that things can get tricky um but i feel that like you can still have a great relationship with someone and almost like get to that get to that place um that um, um i forget her name was, was saying earlier about her friends but I just feel that that day-to-day -day grind can disintegrate a lot of marriages. Yeah. So in, in, in there's a lot of pressure, I feel. And yes. That's, you know, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm... That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is exactly the, what I'm talking about, the process of making it simple. You reduce the friction. Um, so... I think whether you get married or whether you're in a life partnership, I think that's, that's down to the couple, whatever it means to them. Um, but I, I do think, I think all of us, not all, most of us want that one person. It's like women are all saying, you know, like, do men even want that? And yeah, deep down they do. It's just the fact that they don't think it's going to work. So the process is, that you have to slay that slay the dragon and, and what i mean by, by slaying the dragon is you work out you work out what are the differences and it's the process of resolving those differences so that you, you are always going to be two people that and that is actually the power that a great relationship isn't going to isn't going to say that you have to change but a great relationship is going to change you and it's going to change you because you're going to have to grow to become like someone who's kind of just self-interested to, to seeing your identity as being part of that couple um, and seeing 
and like how you then have individual and joint identity. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to get to the details of of how you make it more simple. We're not going to cover it all tonight, but just to um, that's what we are going to cover is is a process of how you eliminate that friction or not eliminate but reduce the friction and you manage you manage it. Um, yeah, um, like Jackie says, I, I, I do think when people, this is something else we're going to get into, but when you, when you choose someone, you usually choose someone based on looks, based on all these kind of checklists that have no relationship to the, the kind of relationship that you want to have. So when you're choosing a partner, you need to choose a partner that has the qualities that can give you the relationship that you, um, will satisfy you. Um, yeah, and, and, and I was in one of the breakout rooms and, and um, I, I, I can't remember um, where it came from, but it's saying basically a relation, a good relationship is basically a friendship first. Okay, so um, does anyone else have anything to say in terms of, uh, Louise? Do you think, like, say, maybe if I suppose this would be like in live a living together partnership or a a marriage, um, but maybe if one person's not particularly keen, they don't really want to run a home, and they're not, you know, if they, if they want to be out all the time and things like that, they got other interests, but they're not particularly keen on, you know. Whereas, you know, like uh, SJC was saying about the daily grind, you know, if I don't know, say somebody's not really matured enough maybe to be able to cope with that, you know, like, like the running of a home and, yeah. you know, things that are boring, but they got to be done and, you know, all that type of type of thing. I think that probably causes a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I think, I think there's two different things. There's the dating relationship and the domestic relationship. And someone who's really exciting and, and passionate in a dating relationship, you've got it's lust and it's excitement and, and so you feel great. But you're seeing the best of someone, yeah. like maybe the best time that they've got. They, that's all they're focused on for that, you know, time that you see them in the week. And then you've got the domestic relationship, which is the grind. And people choose who's great on a dating relationship. And that person who might be passionate and exciting in a dating relationship is irresponsible maybe in a domestic relationship. Yeah. So I think you, you, what you have to do, like the whole process is you have to work out what you need, like know what, what your relationship DNA is, what your relationship blueprint of, of what you're looking for, not the exact vision. And then you choose, when you choose the partner, you don't choose someone based on looks or the job or um, all those things that won't really matter in five years. You choose based on who has the qualities. Like, first of all, it has to be, have integrity, you have to have commitment. Like there's two things in, in terms of making a relationship work is knowing what to do and having the commitment to do it. And you both have to have that. And most... So most people don't really know what to do because I, like I said, I, I think this medieval mindset of relationships means that people don't know how they don't know how, what to do differently. Yeah. And so 
um, like like there's a, a um, I think I've got it up here. I'm just going to show this screen if it's um, okay. So I'm going to share this screen. So uh, um, yeah. So when, when we look at four types of relationships, mm -hmm. it's um, basically um, if you've got low commitment, low knowledge, it's, it's just a casual relationship. Um, if you if you know what to do, but you can't be bothered to do it, it's it's just kind of something that's convenient. But the, some of the worst relationships are where you have high commitment but not knowing what to do, because it's like a fly; it's like bashing against the wall. It just becomes frustrating, and, and because they really care, they really want um, the the relationship to work, and so it just becomes more frustrating. So, like the built to last relationship, is where you know what to do, and you're committed to do it. So, um, yeah, um, is that clear from what I've said so far? Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is anyone got any comment or want to discuss anything more in terms of that? Okay, so I'm going I'm to give you the alternative. Is the reality is that relationships are going to have problems every couple there's no couple um, that isn't going to be um, isn't going to have some kind of struggle and so my, my idea is that you, you um, okay so we'll give the alternative first I'm jumping ahead so so basically the framework that I think works is for relationship truths is that relationships are a struggle the cause of the struggle is our narrative and we can end the struggle if we let go of the narrative and then the pathway of overcoming the struggle is, is to build a relationship on truth. So when I'm talking about narrative, I'm talking, and then when I'm talking about truth, because sometimes people get um, confused by the word truth, because truth is sometimes means religious truth or your truth, my truth, or who's, who's truth. Truth is what works. And so in science, you know, like you do, tests and hypotheses and <clears throat> and you test that hypothesis and it it either works or it doesn't so we operate so i said earlier that we operate and we operate on a narrative and our narrative is our best guess of of how we make sense because we can't we don't understand everything and there's no way that we can so we just have to operate on a guess so for example we used to think that the world was flat um, and now everything works on like the earth being a globe. We used to think that we were at the center of the universe. Now um, a lot of our science would only work by recognizing that we're, uh, we rotate around the sun. And so in the same way, people have narratives. So people have like the big narrative is like the prince princess, but there's also narratives we make up. And most of the rows that people have, are based on their narrative. So, you know, people row about the toothpaste cap being off or about clothes being left on the floor. And usually they're not really rowing about that. They're rowing because they feel hurt. This goes back to the lack of communication. They, they feel hurt that they didn't do something and they go, oh, they, they, they're doing that because they don't care about me. This shows that they don't care about me. So that's narrative. So 
where relationships fall down is because we're operating on our narrative. So we're operating on two different narratives that pits us at war against each other. And so when we can, like the way that you resolve an argument is by getting to, okay, so what do you really mean by doing that? What do you, how do you feel? And if you can have that communication where you can get down to like what, what someone's pure intention was, and you can talk about, okay, so it makes you nervous when I spend money. Um, and you have that level of communication so that you understand the other person. Then that's how you work through the narrative. So when you build a relationship on narrative, which most, most just basically work because we don't have the communication, we just work on our own narrative. And when you build a relationship on that, what whatever isn't true when the right when the relationship is challenged and it will be challenged it will be challenged when you have children it'll be challenged when you have money problems when you have health problems when you're like parents are elderly and you have to deal with them any kind of like redundancies any kind of problems like that is going to give extra stress that's the time when it's going to expose the narratives and so when you can let go of your narrative and and as a couple work through okay so what's the problem what's our narrative about the problem what's the reality um you know what, what's the truth of the situation and then when you can operate on the truth you're it's invulnerable because the truth is never going to be revealed whenever you work on a narrative if the narrative isn't true sooner or later it's going to um, blow up because there's, there's going to be a point where it doesn't work and you just wait. And, and so the relationship can go five years, 10 years, 20 years, but um, it's, it's when that narrative no longer works and the person won't let go of the narrative. Is that, does that make sense? What do you mean by the narrative? Okay. So the, so the narrative is, the operating story that you have. So it's yes. the story that you, you, so maybe the story that you ascribe to like why they did something, uh-huh. what they really want. All right. Okay. Ascribing motive said a motive. Yes. So, so you're get, you're giving a motive that may or may not be true, yeah. but based on your, on your, um, what you when know. You- when you use the word narrative, I get that mixed up with everybody's got a story, haven't they? And that's their internal narrative. Yeah, no, no, you, you have your own story, but you also have a story about a relationship. You have a story about this person. You have a story about that. And it's yeah. recognising that you're operating on the story. Because where we all get tripped up in all areas of life is we get tripped up on our narrative where our narrative isn't true. Well, you mean you, it, that includes all those ought to's and should's and must's and... Yes. You know, Yes. Yeah. Then now it's like given to us. Expectations yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah and, and, and that's the first level of the, of the fairy tale is it sets us up for these high expectations that are unrealistic. Yeah. Good. Oh. <laughs> okay. So so ba- I mean basically when you have a narrative and 
um, the truth is different. It's like a GPS that's working on an old map. And that's why you end up in a completely different place. So the pathway is um, like building a relationship on truth. Okay, so, so then how do we get to that? So there's, there's three real keys to um, building a relationship on truth. It means, first of all, we've got to develop our emotional foundations um, to face our fears and our anxieties and be open to truth. So that's like developing, um, it, it, that means healing the wounds from past. And like one of the eight principles I have is that everyone has wounds. And we may think that we don't have wounds. I had a very, um, I was very lucky. I had a loving home. Um, nothing bad happened to me. And yet when I was like speaking publicly, um, I was, um, I, 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 uh, went with a coach and she was like, um, um, she did this, uh, psychology of the voice. And she said, I can tell you what's happened to you in your, in your life from your voice. And she's like, you're shut down. You, you just don't connect. You won't let anyone in. And when I, I'd kind of put the pieces together, but when I was about three or four, my, my, I had a big sister and she was very imaginative and dramatic. And I remember once we were waiting by the door and mum and dad were somewhere away. And she says to me, you know, like, you know, our, um, you know, they're not our real parents. They're murderers. They're going to get us in the night. Like, and so when you've had something like that, you don't, you know, actually, you're not going to go, are you really? So most of the time I knew it wasn't. But until I was about 11, I was never quite sure. And so it, it changed me. And so it meant I never let anyone, um, didn't really connect, didn't really um, let anyone see any weakness. Um, it meant I was quite self-reliant, which meant I kind of sorted out my own problems. Um, but it changed me. And so nothing bad happened to me, but, and, and lots of, in all kinds of ways, like when you're at school and someone tells you shut up, you know, like you sit down and, sh and keep quiet. That then stops people from talking out years later. So there's all kinds of, and then most people, when they get to kind of my age, like forties or that, they they've had some relationship that's hurt them. They've they've been um, lied, betrayed, cheated on, feel rejected. So we we all have some some level of wounds. So it's about healing wounds. It's about self-awareness of, of really knowing. Like if you don't, if you, if you don't know what drives you, then what you don't know is what's driving you. You know, like people are always wanting, you know, there's always the person who is really driven career wise and then they, they retire and they're like, I wish I'd spent more time with my family. And it was because they wanted to prove to their dad who's long dead or something like that. Um, that, that they were a success. So, so that's the first level. The next one, the next level is, is you need to know how relationships work because this, this framework doesn't work. And, and what happens is when you look at the divorce statistics, one in two marriages um, end in divorce. 
and very few people get into a marriage and, and hope that it's going to, it's, it's not going to work out. Mostly they want it to work, but they just don't know how, and they just can't cope with how it feels. So it's understanding how the, how the relationship works. Um, men and women, huge, there's huge differences in, in the way that communicate in, in, in the values that men treat women like men, women treat men like women. Um, and so there's this mismatch where they can't really understand each other. Um, and, and knowing you need to know what kind of relationship is going to work for you. And if you don't know what kind of relationship is going to work for you, you don't know who to choose to, who's going to be the partner. So you see so many people they, they get they're really attracted and they be like oh I just wish everything would be great if this if i could get in a relationship with this person and that's why you see all these youtube and, and facebook videos that are just really playing on people's insecurities of this is the text you need to send this is this is that but really you the relationship that the relationship is more important than the person you have the relationship with and so what I mean by that is people get into a relationship and try and make the relationship work. You want to spend time with someone, date someone, and you want to be in a relationship with someone that you can be yourself and be happy with, and they can be themselves and they're happy with, because that's the relationship that works. So when you're dating, it's not about making a relationship work. It's about, just being yourself and getting to the truth of will the relationship work. So, um, okay. So yes. So, so most people, very few of us have got the self-awareness, self-acceptance to feel, you know, okay. To face our anxieties in a relationship. Um, most of us operate on a, on a model that doesn't work. Um, and most of us pick a partner, um, you know, like I got married and it was, it was like a, like a lot of, I was quite shy and didn't have a lot of experience with women. And it was just kind of the first pretty girl that was interested. And you just kind of go, Oh, well, this is what a relationship is. Um, and so it's overcoming all of those things in terms of being, um, being able to make a relationship work. So it's your self foundations, knowing how to make the relationship work and choosing the right partner. Um, okay. So yes. So, so, so basically the, the, all right. So, so I've talked for a while. Has anyone got any comments or anyone wants to questions or. So it's sorry. Is self-acceptance necessary in order to accept another person for what they are? Yeah, I, th I think so, because I think the only person that we can know is ourself. Um, self-acceptance is, if you don't accept yourself, you're all, it's always going to be on your mind, like, why would they like me? Why would they like me? I, you know, I'm, I'm, if you don't feel good about yourself, yeah. you're going to feel um, like... Critical anxious yeah and, you, and you, you're gonna go well, what do they see in me yeah. um i think a lot of wounds i don't think you can heal all wounds like if a wound is a relationship wound 
so for example attachment is is a relationship wound you can't heal a relationship wound alone you so the relationship is the place for healing a lot of wounds and Uh a good relationship will help you along the lines to self-acceptance but all of us need to to accept ourselves because if we don't accept ourselves how you know like that voice in our head's gonna just kill us of just telling us that we're not good enough because if we're self-critical we often project that onto other people don't we We, a lot of projections on yeah and whatever we do to other to us to other people we do to ourselves 10 times worse so um we're, we're coming to the end um so basically it's like in a in a i'm trying big broad um big picture in the mate relationship system simple system is about so i'm just going to share my screen i want to show you something um so this is uh so i think this is this is the goal um is that what relationships are really about is i think um the five love languages um i think it's great in the insight of that we're different and i think it just fell really short of of um really answering the question but what it, it what i liked about that is is that used the same analogy that stephen covey did is in like an emotional bank account and i think what we're really looking for in relationship is to feel full of love and um like the the whole i like the goal of the, of the t- tantra in terms of you build up and you develop you you have someone as an object of love so that you can love them and then through them you learn love and then you love all so i think initially people are um you know you get people that are very bitter they've been hurt and they then they don't want another relationship or, or they don't believe they can have one you get people who are lonely you get people who are alone but quite happy being alone which and and in terms of talking about relationship has been higher if you're happy on your own and you're not interested in a relationship, then I think that's fine. But I think 95% of people ultimately want to be in a, in a relationship with, with someone. So, and then I think you can have great friends and I think that gives you an outlet. You can have family, um, by which I mean by that. And then I think it's about when you have a partner, it's a different dimension. It's a different type of relationship. And then when you work up to having like a soulmate and by soulmate, I'm, I think um, you can have a great relationship in six months, but it's not a lasting relationship. So I think when you, when you're judging the quality of a relationship, you have to judge it over time as well. If it's consistently like that. And then I think, but I think the highest level is, is not really about relationships, but it's about opening up so that everyone that you have a relationship with it's um that kind of like you have a great relationship so you you, in every way you feel you feel good um there's been a lot this is called like agapic love and there's been a lot of research on that and yet they had to abandon the research because they couldn't find people who operated at that level enough so really the goal is for you to feel loved um and 
Where am I going? So, where are we? So, really, to do that, there's this three um, things that we need, which is, um, yeah, um, so there's three real keys, which is the right partner, the right emotional state, and the right relationship. So, there's three steps to finding the right partner, which is, first of all, um, knowing like the dynamics of how a relationship is going to work. Then it's knowing like developing your, your emotional foundations. And then it's going through the dating, not to find someone, but to find the right one, to find the person who can satisfy you five years, 10 years on. And the, and the, the way that you do that is this really two, two keys is knowing how to do it and then having the commitment to actually do it. So um, we're, we're going to go more into that. Um, I think the ne next meetup is, is going to be dating. Um, but the one after that is, is going to be like the three keys of how, um, how you actually do that. Like what does it actually take? And, and again, we're not going to cover it in just that one, but that's going to be um, a step on. So, Okay, so, so that's the Make Relationships Simple process. Um, has anyone got comments or questions about that? I have a question. Um, I'm sort of drawing back on that whole, at the moment I've just got this concept of wanting to create a conscious relationship. And I've sort of looked at a few different books and things recently, um, trying to find something that will talk a lot about, you know, working through your shadow, you know, and sort of, self-acceptance and something that I can work almost like exercises I can kind of work through with my partner are you able to recommend anything along that line because I I kind of know what I'm looking for but I'm struggling to find it okay so this is in terms of um like self-acceptance and and seeing the the dark coming to accept you're good and you're bad yeah, so I guess going off what you were saying earlier, really, about you have those five stages of the relationship. Um, and I'm probably, we kind of at that sort of like disappointment stage. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we're both seeing the parts of us, our, our, maybe ourselves and each other that, you know, we're not so keen on. Um, and rather than just throw that away and think, oh, well, you know, I kind of want to try and work through that in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any, I just wonder if you might have any books that you might recommend. Okay. Um, most, most people have more to gain from staying together than not. It's mm -hmm. usually just a lack of not knowing what to do. Um, okay. Right. I think there's, first of all, in relationships we operate. So I'm going to, I'll give you some resources, but um, first of all, I want, to, I want to make this point that we operate and there's so many relationship books out there, um, but a book works on an intellectual level and you want it to work on an emotional level because mm. that's where you react from. Mm. So, um, so really it's about, um, okay, so, so I was going to get to, so basically, um, I'm going to come back to that if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think 
really, um, so like I said at the beginning, really what I'm looking for, I'm looking to build a community. Um, and so some people are going to, you know, watch this and, and not interested or casually interested and maybe make the next one. So there's going to be meetups. Um, I've got the book in for the next few weeks and it's going to build on this um, along this kind of pathway. Um, but what really, what it really takes to make a relationship work is really commitment. It, it's, it's like, so there's three things. There's the knowledge of knowing what to do. There's the skills of being able to do it. And then there's the um, confidence to be able to do it. So we talked about communication and some of that is about not having the skills to communicate. And a lot of it, the bigger part is not having the confidence to really say it. So, so anyway, so, so there's going to be meetups. So um, we're going to give some information. Then there's also, I have a, a training, um, free training um, program. So if you're interested in, in training, so like there's sort of a lesson and some exercises um, every day over email. So if you're interested in that, that's on makerelationshipsimple.com. Um, and if, if you go, and at, at the moment, because I'm kind of changing what I was doing at the moment, I've been focused on, um, and if you go there at the moment, it's going to say um, it's about finding women their perfect partner. But what I'm um, doing, the, the same, so even if you're not looking for a prince, but you're looking for a princess or, or whatever, it, the gist of the training is still the same. Um, and what I'm, what, see, that I think there's limitations with meetups. And the limitation with meetup is that um, people are quite casual. There'll be, um, when we did it before, we had a core, but then you have other people coming in and sometimes people don't want to open up because someone lives there and, and there isn't that con continuity. And so some of the time you have to um, catch other people up. Um, so then, so I've, so what I've done is, is I've got the training and a Facebook group. So there's sort of people can connect who are going along the same path. Um, and if people are really committed and really want to um, develop relationships, then I'm, I've got, something that I'm putting together a group of about six to 10 people and it's going to be what I call the truth seekers Alliance. So it's building on truth. So, and what they'll do is they'll meet up um, twice a week to twice a month. Um, one, once a month is for, um, so there's going to be videos with the pathway of step-by-step -step, do this, do this, do this and, and concepts. And then one of the meetings is to do the actual work because when you have online courses, like 97% of people don't complete it because they get stuck or they get home um, and it, it's not having it done. So you'll do the actual work in the meeting. And then the other meeting is each person will come with whatever they're working on. So I think relationships are a project. And I think you, you have a specific, you get one thing that you're focused on you master that, then one thing, then one thing. And gradually, as you change them all, you change, you transform yourself as in a relationship. So, um, 
the group will be each person will come with their one whatever they're working at the group will help them clarify what the real issue is because often what we think the problem is isn't really what the problem is and so it, it's coming to the clarity of what the real issue is and then committing to an action of what they're going to focus on and then the um and then it's coming back and reporting on it so it's kind of getting the wisdom of a group to get a 360 degrees um understanding of of your issue okay so um so if you if you want to be notified um so there'll be meetups if you want to um join the facebook group it's uh, make relationships simple um if you're interested in the truth seekers alliance then if you go to um uh make relationships and if you click on apply you can book into to have a chat with me and we'll talk about um what exactly there is and if it's right for you and if you're right for it I'm going to answer your question specifically now, Amber. And is, does anyone have any general questions? Or if you do, if you put them in the chat. So, um, so what you're looking for is um, that kind of self-work and also the communication. Is that? Um, I guess, like, like you were saying, you can you can read a book and it's very intellectual, but you don't have that like almost like somatic experience of it um so ideally i'd like to have a work like some sort of book that combines knowledge strategies you can use theory alongside exercises you can kind of actually work through with your partner that sort of invoke um certain conversations that you know might help you to get to know each other a little bit better on a deeper level or get to know what your shadows are and how to overcome them and um things that just inspire I don't know, inspire like a deeper yeah. connection in general. Okay. Um, so that you have that experience of actually, well, yeah, experiencing something and feeling something rather than just knowing something, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, right. Um, and your, your partner's, he's equally into doing this. Well, this, <laughs> this is kind of where we're at. We've kind of got to the the phase of getting disappointed by different things. Um, just... I'm very much up for doing these kind of things. He at the moment isn't so sure. So I've just said, oh, well, you know, have a look at a couple of these things. Let me know what you think. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether he is or not. I'm sort of at the phase of if he doesn't and it, it doesn't work out, then I'm still gonna commit myself to doing this because I see it as a no brainer, it's win-win whether yeah. it helps to resolve our relationship going forward or whether it's future relationships going forward, I can't really lo lose from it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, what, what he might, um, it's not a relationship book, um, but what's I think is really good, particularly for men, um, is David Goggins, um, Can't Hurt Me. How do you spell his surname? Uh, G O double G I N S. Can't hurt me. Okay. Um, which is just that, really sorry, about his. Could you put that in the chat? Could you type yeah. that in the chat? Sorry, thank you. Sorry. 
Um, and if you do get that, then you should get the audio book because he he has extra. Um, he has a, like a conversation with the author afterwards about different. It's really inspiring. Um, particularly, I think it, it probably appeals more to men because it's quite brutal. Because right. um, he had a terrible um, abuse. Um, so he has something which he calls the accountability mirror. And so basically, um, he's, he's a black guy and he, he had this terrible abuse. Um, he grew up, um, he escaped from his father and they, they went into, he went into school in, into kind of like the middle of the KKK clan. Um, and so he was just abused and, you know, called all, all kinds of names and he wanted to fit in. And so while people are abusing him and that, he's just laughing at it. And then he was looking at himself and he's like, who am I? And then he just looked in the mirror and, and he met himself. If he lied to someone to, to please them, he, he met himself go back and say, like, I lied to you. Um, and he, he met himself accountable. So in terms of facing the dark side, that's really good. Um, so uh, um, I had some others, but I've, uh, Um, Caroline, Caroline Mace talks a lot about woundology. Um, and so basically she says people don't heal because they get stuck in talking about the drama of their wounds rather than actually facing it. Um, connection. Uh, I think John Gottman has, uh, I think it's the eight dates. Um, the eight dates for, um, and I think that's about conversations that you have. Um, there is a list. There's the, the 39 questions to fall in love to, um, which is about, because really what, what you're trying to do to build connection is about connection is built on self-disclosure. Um, hold me tight. Sue Johnson is about the attachment and that kind of um, like opening up and being vulnerable. Um, Brené Brown, see you, Tanya. Um, Brené Brown is um, like the main one in vulnerability, but maybe might not appeal to a man, don't know. Um, um, and something like radical honesty. I think radical honesty um, is written by a man. It's quite, um, you know, it's, it's sort of, there are a little, lot of books that typically aren't so well received by men. Um, and if you look at uh, nonviolent communication, it's a way of, um, it's, it's a terrible book, like it's, it's so boring. Um, but if you just get the, the methodology of, um, I feel this, um, what is it like? I, when you do this, I feel this. I mm. would like. Taking accountability for rather than blaming them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think books have limitations. Um, in terms of exercise, I don't know, just really how, like, 
I, I um, trained as a mediator. Um, and I always intended, I was, that's the way, what I was going to do with couples. I, uh, um, I, I haven't worked there, but it may be um, that that mediation process might, um, might work because it's it, basically what the mediation process is. It gets back to what the truth is and it gets through the narratives and that's where you can reconnect. Um, but yeah, message me if, if there's anything else there, um, the training has, um, oh yeah, yeah. Stan, um, thank you, Sasha. Stan Tatkin is, is really good as well. Um, he's got quite a few, right. um, which again is, is, um, attachment. I wonder if I could kind of share this with everyone as always something that I came across recently, which I found quite helpful. It's an app. Um, that I've got on my iPhone and it's called Blinkist. I don't know if anybody's heard of uh, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Such a time saver. Yeah. It just summarizes like, educational books. So that it'll summarize the key points in like 15 mm -hmm. minutes and you can either read it or it's like an audio. So I like to have it as an audio and then I'll journal alongside with the bullet points. So, and then obviously if there's something you want to explore deeper, you kind of can, but that's, um, yeah, like you said, time saver. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, Blinkist is, is really good. There, yeah, there are, uh, I think most of the others are like business focused. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of business uh, stuff on there, but there yeah. are some other things. I, I think, I think, I, I don't think we can do relationships on our own. Um, well, obviously, but um, I think we, because we're limited by ourselves, and I, I think as a couple, we limit, you're limited by yourself. And so I think it's, it's useful like if there's another couple or, you know, this is the whole purpose of the, of the group because you, you get people with different experiences, different um, perspectives. Um, and because we get stuck in our own head um, and we're limited. So books are one way um, that you get it, but then you need to um, create the atmosphere where you, where you can put it in practice. And a lot of yours is going to be, um, male female dynamics of communication um oh yes yeah, so, so um I'm, I'm a bit loath to recommend this one but um i haven't read it but it's is it love and respect it's Emerson, dr emerson Egerick's, um and it's basically um it's uh what is it that men need respect, women need love. Um, and I think the insight is great. Um, bye to everyone who's, who's got to go. Um, I think the insight is brilliant. Um, yet the explanation is, is based on, um, it was in the Bible and so it's, it's set. Um, but the orientation of understanding that um, and we will go through this um, in one of the meetups, but men, because of, I think it's because of patriarchy, we've had different experiences. We've been set in different roles. And so um, men are, have always been told that you have to know the answers. You, you're the head of the household. You, you know, like if someone's doubting you, it's shown that you're not strong enough. Um, and women, um, have been told like 
shut up, you know, like don't undermine your husband, you, you, you don't have the right. Um, and so what happens is men feel that they can't be weak and can't ask and women have had no way of having influence. And so how do you have influence? But it's more manipulation and influence. And so all of that is under the kind of radar. So um, I think so, someone else maybe put it better. Um, it's a journalist. I can't remember the name, but if you do, if you look for love and respect, that different dynamic. Okay, thank you. Okay. Kind of thank you. Is anyone else got any questions, comments, insights? No. Sorry. So I was just going to ask, with the Trailblazer group, is that physical meetups or online? The with the Trailblazer was it? Sorry. Was it oh, 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 the True the True Seekers Alliance. The True Seekers. Sorry. sorry. Um, yeah, and that'll be online. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, it's going to be like a like a founder class, so it's going to be online and um, later on, possibly physical. But okay, and and is it? And you have to be in a relationship to take part. We get most. No, no, be, be, no, no, because I think there's four main projects. So one is um, healing from a breakup, which is, I, I call like the Phoenix project. I think that's a project like when you that hurt, you just need to get back to level. Mm -hmm. um, then I think there's the path like for, for a single woman to find her, her, ideal partner um and um so i call that the perfect prince project and then there's the the equivalent for a single man which more or less is the same but there's slight differences in in the, in the gender aspects um and so that's like the be her hero uh, project and then there's the slaying the dragon which is for couples so no i i think wherever you are in a relationship there's a project um and i think you know, whether you've been in a relationship a long time or you're not even in one. Yeah, I think that that's all of that is a project. And, and when you said earlier, you need to know one of the steps, I think it was a three was needing to know how relationships work. Is, is the suggestion there that there are, that there is sort of, is this, yeah, is the suggestion that there's better and worse ways of running a relationship or is it more about finding finding the way that it works for you. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was in the context of the other stuff you said, which was very much about learning about yourself and the other person versus yeah. universal truths about how relationships work. Um, okay, I think there's both. Um, I think there's ways that don't work. I think the relationship framework, uh, relationship framework the fairy tale framework definitely doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is this universal, because when you go up high enough, we always agree um it's the details um so the, the the universal of how they work is about being able to have communication and, and what gets in the way of communication it's it's fear it's um emotional um vulnerability it's it's um the narrative so then it's about but within those dynamics when you're building a relationship, I think there's two things to building a relationship. There's, there's 
free, but it's first of all, you need to be able to structure that works for you. That's individual because, you know, you know, like I think Scott said, um, is a, is a marriage outdated for some people? Yes, but not for, for others. That depends. It depends on what, what your narrative is. Um, and if marriage means, it means we're, we're in a more committed relationship and, it, and it's more significant then marriage is going to be the way that's going to work. So the working out the structure is about working out the big picture, but it's also the details. Okay. Traditionally, it's been man stays at, you know, used to be man went out to work, woman stayed at home. What, how are you going to, I think you have to do something called contracting, which is like, how do you make it work? You, we, every relationship has a contract, but it's mostly unconscious. Mm -hmm. So people get into a relationship and they're all excited because they think I'm going to get this but they don't realize what they're going to get, have to give for it. And then that's what, where they get fed up. So that there's that. And then it's about, um, see you, Jeff. Um, then it's about, um, the climate. And once you have this, this the structure is the climate and the climate, John Gottman says, um, the successful relationship, the key of it is like, baby, when you hurt, the world stops. And it's knowing like, okay, you, you feel bad, right? What do we need to do? What do you feel bad about? How do we fix it? How do we make this work? Um, so it's that climate. So, that, and again, there, there's the universality of making it work for each other. And then there's the specific of, which is going to depend on your personality, your temperament, um, things that you've had in the past. So for example, when we talk about attachment, someone who's, who's insecurely attached is going to, need a lot of reassurance they're going to need a lot of you know if someone's been shamed in a relationship they're going to need to be what they call honored um in order to heal that shame if someone's been betrayed they're going to have to be um have a relationship with loyalty so that they heal that betrayal um betrayal shame i forgot the other one betrayal shame um but yes so it's individual and it's universal if that makes sense yeah it does and and just the last one quick one um so when when you describe sort of almost like rather than looking for a relationship coming bringing bringing your sort of true selves to the relationship and then seeing if it works is sorry about the background noise. is is that why is that why people say friendship is a good basis because in many ways when you're friends you don't pretend to be anything else because you're not looking for you're sort of yeah. meeting as people and it works and if it doesn't work you're not friends but if you are then it kind of just works in your your true self rather than yes we, we, you you said a quick answer but you, you should know by now my answer's going on like 10 minutes cool. um, yeah. <laughs> okay um yes friendship the reason romantic relationships are more difficult is because there's more anxiety because we it is more personal it's more rejection um so I mean, John Gottman is, is the person who knows most about relationships. And he says that the foundation of a, of a great relationship is friendship. Mm -hmm. um, it's friendship and the other thing. Um, and it's not letting the other stuff get in the way of the friendship. Mm -hmm. So at the root of it, it's, it's about friendship. Um, so what was the first part of your question? Oh, so no, I was just saying, because you had quite a nice description. I thought it was a nice description, which was, Rather, almost rather than going and seeking a relationship, this is how I understood it, 
bring your true selves to it and see if there's a relationship to be had. Then you've, yeah. then you've got, so that sounds like a friendship in a sense, because it seems there's something quite in French. It, it seems often with friendship, you're, that you're not in a good friendship. You're kind of not really, that, that's how it happens. You sort of just come together and something sparks and it's like, yeah. you, you never quite know why. I mean, I went to school with loads of people that I'm not friends with and yet, the chap that played chess outside the mass room has become one of my best friends, you know? So why was that? You know, so, so it just sounded like that description was also almost the way of describing friendship. And I wondered therefore, if that's why people say friendship is a, a good basis for, for a lasting relationship. Definitely. You, you, you have to have friendship. Um, but it's, do you, it's not that you don't go looking, but you don't try and make it work. Okay. So, so, so what, okay. So what often happens is people are anxious and they don't think they've been rejected or something's happened. Their relationships don't ever work out. Um, and so they don't, they think I'm, I'm never going to, I'm, I'm going to end up alone. I'm always going to be alone. I'm going to be this lonely old cat lady. And so they have this anxiety and so they meet someone and maybe it's the first person they've met in a few months that, or, or years that they're excited about like, oh, I have to make it work. Mm. And so in that making it work, you've actually sown the seeds for it not to work later on. So it's about having a security, knowing that it will, having a relationship work is maths. There, there's never been more access to single people. Um, it's just a matter of having the right foundation so you're ready for the relationship, picking the right person and knowing how it works. If you have that, there's this um it's it's more about thresholds it's certain people it will work with certain people it won't so there are certain people that it just won't work with um and it's recognizing that and not going well because you know because she's really pretty because he's really hot because everything seems to be right i should go for that if it doesn't work it doesn't work Mm -hmm. so it's when you can let go of the attachment of making it want to work and that wasn't a quick answer, was it? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so thank you for everyone for being here. Um, and next week we're going to be, um, so I think the topic is make online dating simple. So um, it will be more specifically related to dating. It may be relevant to those who are in relationship. Um uh, I haven't really covered what, what we're going to cover. We're just going to uh, be more specific. But then after once we've got done that one, it's going to be more on the three keys of how you make a relationship last. Okay, so thanks for staying on to the end. Thank you. Thank you.